Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. I am fangirling today because I have on an actual queen, first of all, (laughs) but she is known as the Cardi B of the personal development world. Her name is Erica Kramer, aka the Queen of Confidence, and she is a full-flavoured, spicy, international speaker and mentor to thousands of women across the globe. Today, she connects and engages a global community and shares with tens of thousands of women on a daily basis how to help empower, encourage, and inspire them to step into their confidence. She has created a seven-figure global business by mentoring and supporting those who have suffered similar life experiences as her own. Her journey is one of triumph over adversity, and she is full of light, laughter, and of course, confidence. Welcome to the show, Erica. Steph, I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. Babe, you are so welcome. We have been connecting in the virtual world for a really long time. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we've been buddies from the internets and loving each other up. You are the bomb. I freaking love you. Also fangirling woman, okay? All the pink. All the pink love. (laughs) All the pink forever. (laughs) So tell us for anyone, I mean, other than obviously that incredible introduction, which doesn't even do you justice because you are just so magnetic and so magnificent. How do you describe, like if I were to ask you who is Eric Kramer, what would you say? Oh, it's such a change, right? Like I feel like every year I am different. Every six months, something new. I would have described myself as this loud, bubbly, outspoken, I'm going to fuck you up in a Walmart parking lot, like blah, 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 blah. Just this like firecracker of a person. And the older I get and the more I do this inner work of of life coaching and confidence and therapy work, like the softer I feel like I'm becoming, I will still mess your ass up in the parking lot, but <laughs> don't try like, me. <laughs> don't you girl, don't make me take the hoops off, right? Like it's still in there, right? My little Juanita Alter Shigo ghetto fabulous is in there, but I feel like I, I don't know who I am. And I love that. And I love when women say to me, I don't know who I am. I'm like, amazing. I know who I'm not. And I'm just like taking layers off of who I'm not. And I am not always loud and I'm not always confident. We're going to get into it, right? And I'm not always killing it, air quotes, as people think you are on social media. Uh, I'm a mother. I am a big hearted soul. I, I love humans. I love women. I love strangers. And I'm just really a big stand for women showing up, speaking up, standing up, creating what they desire, and not allowing anything that happened to them in their past to stop them in their future or in their present. So that's really me. I'm I'm a loud mouth for confidence, but I'm also a nurturer. I have found through the years I've softened a little bit and not as scary as people think. No. <laughs> I love that. I was always like, you were very magnetizing to me. I was very much like, no, that that energy is what I'm here for. Hey, like my my kind of girl. But what I love about what you just said was like, you don't have to know. And I think that sometimes when people don't know, there comes up like that shame of like, I should know. And I heard it put really eloquently by a life coach recently. And they said, when you don't know, you allow possibility. Yeah. And that's cool, like to live in possibility. But if you tell yourself you're one way, if you tell yourself that you're just, you know, like an example was like, I'm just a cake baker, mom of two, you know? And it's like, if that's how you describe yourself, that's what you become, you know? So so limiting. limiting. Like you can be so many things. You can be the complete paradox of a person. Yes. And so like, I think if you don't know, that's amazing. Like let's live in the possibility of present. Yeah. And then you're present. Like right now I'm happy and I'm excited. But like a week ago when something happened with my mom, I was a hot mess. I needed a coach. I needed the queen of confidence to come and coach me. I was a hot mess. And then in at the awards night, I'm like the queen of the room. And you know, like there's these different moments. And I feel like people are like, I am anxious. I am shy. I am. And it's like, 
after I am, it's really important what we say. Mm. And how can I say I'm shy or I'm confident? I'm not confident all the time. If I bust my ass on the stage in front of 5,000 people, I am not going to be confident in that second. I'm going to be like, oh, shit. And then I get back up, right? And so what are you in the moment? And can you be in the moment, which requires like deep presence, not future or past? It's like, are you here now? So like, who are you in the now? I think that's a good question. You could ask yourselves, listeners. You could just live in that question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you make your very first dollar as an entrepreneur? Oh my God. Okay. My very first dollar. I was a hustler girl. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I had two jobs when I was 14. I had to get a permit, but I was selling in America. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Puerto Rican. One of only two Puerto Ricans in Australia. I'm an endangered species here. Um, <laughs> I was actually thinking you were serious then. And I was like, probably I'm, not. But basically, I swear to I promise you, I've been here for 12 years, Steph. And everyone's like, oh, I know Puerto Rico, South America. I'm like, no, that's offensive. We're in the Caribbean and there's no Puerto Ricans. Like I've met two in my 12 years. Like, wow. I'm going to be completely honest. You're the first Puerto Rican I've ever met. See? Bam, 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 bam. That's it, y'all. You heard it first on the Steph Gordon show. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, there's none. So in America, uh, where I grew up, we used to like, have these necklaces made out of beads. And I saw someone and it was a flag. So it was, I was a little ghetto girl back in the day with like my big fila top and my fubu pants and like just bandanas in my hair and purple lipstick, right? Like, like the brat. That's how I dressed. Anyway, there was these beautiful necklaces that you could buy, but I was like, I'm going to make them. And so I would roll up the beads and make them and sell them for like $5. And all the kids from different, like, I'm Jamaican. Can you make me the Jamaican flag? Can you make me the Dominican Republic flag? And so I was slanging these like beaded flag necklaces. And that was my business. And it was Ooh, awesome. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. And what age was 12 years old? So like it started young for you. Like you were like, I'm not going to just like do this education thing. Like I'm going to oh. make some side money. Yes. I was the worst at education. I was like, none of this shit matters. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good for this. Like I want to be out in the world. And I saw that and I was like, I'm going to make those and I'm going to sell those. And my mom was like, do it. And it was just like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> that is beautiful. I love yeah. that. So, I mean, your story is so inspiring. And I know that through everything that you have been through, and guys, if you haven't gone and followed Erica, you absolutely need to, you know, to be able to heal and transform your own trauma into triumph. You help others through this now because obviously it's something that you've been through. On the other side of that, what does confidence look like or, or mean to you? Yeah. So I think that when we say trauma as well, if anybody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I do know Erica's story or uh, I don't have any trauma. Yes, you do. <laughs> like all of us do. I don't care how privileged you were, how perfect your childhood was. Their trauma comes from someone making fun of your weight in the playground and you having no one to be with you as a seven-year-old. Trauma comes from your parents divorcing or your parents looking at your brothers and highlighting them and never highlighting you. Like there's so many ways. It doesn't have to be you were raped and sexually abused and all this big stuff. So every single one of us has something. And I think that if we don't look at it and if we don't work with it and uncover it and start to look at how that's affecting us, it's going to affect your right now life, your future, your adulthood. And so on the other side of the work, when you do the work on yourself, you get to realize that what you think is not who you are, that the statement in your head, the thing we were saying when we first started, the labels I am bipolar. Oh, no, you don't understand. I have chronic anxiety. I'm just a mom, whatever. Like I'm a worker. I'm not smart. All these things that we say are not really who we are. And so when you start to create 
your confidence because it's something we all create and you don't just have it or keep it forever. So once you start to get into the practice of confidence and you know that this is something that you make for yourself, you just get this freedom and this allowing, like you're going to fall down. Cool. So you kind of plan so that when you do fall, you just get right back up. You don't make the fall a big deal. Some people fall and they never get back up. They're on the ground for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's called self-sabotage and it's called procrastination station and it's called indecision, uh, staying in a job or in a relationship you hate. And so when you practice confidence, you're moving, you continue moving and with movement comes action. With action, you have to have courage. So you get this kind of wind beneath your wings and you're just in this practice. And then people go, oh my God, Steph's so confident. And you go, no, I'm in the practice. Every day I choose this. I'm choosing this. Is it hard? Hell Yeah. Sometimes it's harder when you are Steph, when you are supposedly the queen of confidence. It's even harder because now you have people that look to you. So I feel like on the other side of the difficulties, the excuses, the bullshit, the pain, the trauma, the fear is this freedom where you truly believe that you can. Have you done it? Hell no. Do you know exactly how to do it? Nope. But you believe that you can. And that is next level. Like that belief No one can give you that. Like that's internally there. And even if you fall flat on your face a million times, we know the story of JK Rowling and all these people. That's belief. Yeah, cool. Slam the door in my face, but I'm coming back tomorrow because I believe someone's going to open it because I'm worthy enough of you listening to me, buying my shit, hiring me, joining my company, whatever. I love it. And what I love most about that part of that story is that for those of you who are listening today, like are mostly startup entrepreneurs, like at yeah. some point you had massive fucking belief. Like at some point you believe so deeply that you started, you, you created the business name, you registered the ABN, you like you did the things, you have massive belief. And then what happens is that often along the way, that's when yeah. you're right, you fall down. And if you don't have a plan or you don't have a community or you don't have your people to pick you back up, it can be really tough, right? Yeah. Or mentors like you, you know, we work with people and people and for the life coaching journey that I take them on, you know, you fall down, you start journaling about your past and you start crying and no one's there to be like, Hey, that's okay. It's normal. It's mm-hmm. cool. You, you can do this. You're fine. You don't need to go to the doctor and, you know, give up on this journey of healing or give up on for you what you do, give up on the journey of business. Mm-hmm. When you have mentors and people that have walked before you, even three steps before you, you know, like even a few steps before you think like, I got you. Watch out. There's a stone there. Jump. Okay. Be careful there. You know, like I've got your back when you fall down. And it's, it's a game changer for, for your journey. So I guess a little bit of what this ties into is, is resilience, which is what I really wanted to get into, yeah. like the conversation with you on this podcast, because, you know, some of the stuff that you've been through is people's worst nightmare. Like it's hard. It's big. It's heavy. And to be able to, continue, first of all, to be able to bounce back, not I don't think there's ever a bounce back, to be able to no. probably rebuild, recreate, um, to, yeah. to move, for, recreate, rebirth, move forward. You know, in business, there's setbacks. And there's, there, of course, there's going to be setbacks because we're constantly expanding outside of our comfort zone and then reaching that new edge, that new boundary that we're yep. that reaching and then moving past it again. So there's always going to be discomfort, but shit's also, also going to like go wrong. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody on how to pick themselves up and, and being able to kind of move forward after, whether it be a traumatic event or, you know, well, I, I guess all events could be traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think too, whether you're in business or life, like if you're listening to this episode and, and you're maybe in a crossroads or you're going through a difficult time right now or you're struggling or you recently were struggling or in the future you're going to, this advice is for everyone. I think that one of the things when it comes to resilience is we want to be resilient, but we don't want to go through tough shit. 
it's a struggle that I have as a mother. Like I got two kids that grew up in Australia. They're privileged as hell. They got iPads and switches and all the games. And in America, like we grew up rough. Do I want them to go to America, possibly get shot at school and grow up rough so that they could be resilient and strong and not privileged? Hell no. But then it's like, how do I teach them? How do we learn how to fall down, get back up, you know, and build that inner strength? And I think that every single one of us has went through something difficult. So if you're listening to this, just think about something that you went through that at the time was really hard. And you thought, there's no way if I was to choose this, that I could overcome this. There's no way I could lose my job. There's no way I could deal with that breakup. There's no way I could deal with, you know, my Instagram account being hacked and all my followers being gone. Like whatever your thing is but you're still breathing. If you're listening to this podcast, your ass is alive, right? Congrats. 155,000 people every day do not wake up and you are here with fucking breath in your lungs. You win. Like there is no other resilience building that is needed. Look to something that you did that you overcame and go, wow, I did that. Like no one can do that for you. You chose to do it. Mentors don't do shit for you. You do the work. Like a coach can't give you anything or a mentor. You have to choose it, right? How many clients do we have that are killing it and other clients that aren't killing it? Same program, same mentor, same book. So I feel like with with that, one of the things that I used to always do is look to where I've been through something difficult and how I did overcome it and how I touch myself. I'm still here. All my pieces are here. Okay, wow. Who did I become because of that? And I think we look at the terrible things like for me, my husband passed away and it was horrible. Like the worst thing that's ever happened to me to this day, my husband passing away. And it was after a life of trauma. Like I was just kind of like, oh my God, are you serious? Like I'm done. And then he passed away. And obviously that's the worst thing in the world. And after looking back at it, I realized that it was one of the monumental moments that got me to wake up to my life and go, hey, you're down the right, the same track. Are you going to do something with your life? Are you going to, you know, start showing up? Are you going to start going for what you want? Like you're living, but you're not alive kind of thing. And it was a big moment for me. Now, the horrible thing is I was traumatized. He died. It was horrible. There was so much bad. But who did I become because of that? And I think that's what we don't claim. So yeah, you were bullied and you became what? Yeah, you know, your husband broke up with you or your marriage broke down. But who did you become? You were sexually assaulted. Horrible. That's happened to me as well. But I became vigilant. I look around all the time now. I'm teaching my kids that. So I feel like we need to understand that we can overcome stuff. We all made it through the pandemic. We don't even want to talk about that shit. That was the worst trauma for humanity as a total. And you made it through. So what part of you was activated? How did you do that? And so look to the future and go when something happens, not if, because it will, you have that already inside of you. No one can take that away from you. And so I think that we forget how strong and resilient we are. And in Australia in particular, I love you, Australia, but as an Americana, as a Latina from America, from the hood who grew up on food stamps and had shit, we were poor as hell. This is a very rich country and we do not struggle in Australia like we struggle in other countries. And so we really have to be resilient here. You know, you fall down. So what? Like get your ass back up. Self-doubt is a privilege. Mm-hmm. If we look at it that way. Self-doubt really is a privilege. And someone like yourself who you're like, I didn't have a bad upbringing. Well, what's driving Steph Gordon? Cause she's got some fire. Mm-hmm. So tap into your reason, tap into something bigger than you or tap into your pain and let that shit light you on fire. Yeah, totally. And I think that like, you know, when you talk about like what confidence is, what it sounds to me like, and tell me if I'm right or if I'm on the right track here is like, just a really fucking badass level of self-trust. Yep. 
you know, like just like going, okay, all right, let's just make a grocery list of all the shit I've overcome. Yeah. All those terrible boyfriends. <laughs> yeah. All those, you know, shitty experiences, all the times that you made bad investments, all the times that, yeah, you lost people that you loved or, you know, and, and instead of looking at how it broke you, also looking at how it made you. Totally. And we don't claim that. Like you want to claim the pain, we'll claim the reward. Like there is a reward in every piece of shit at your door, right? Like there's some good inside there and you're like, oh, it's gross. I'm like, but there's good in the shit. Like there can't be just bad. And so that's to me what coaching, what the therapy I do is about. It's going back to the bad times, not to relive them like like a therapy session gone wrong, but to claim the gems and the jewels and the diamonds that you left in there because there is good shit. And if not, then you just think, oh, poor me, my life is so terrible. Why does this happen to me? Okay. Or because of that, I became this. And I'm like, that is empowering. And we have a choice. Like we have choice to how we see the world. And you can either see it from that perspective, which you're describing as like the victim. Yes. Or like you can do it from like a really empowered survivor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that victim is like, oh, to me, when the survivor's like, yes, that happened. And because of that, I am now this. Mm. Because of that, I am now this. Like, that made me have this. And it's like looking up instead of looking down. Because, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is like, I have a crazy upbringing and other people do as well. And I don't know, as a kid, I always looked for evidence of people like me, that looked like me, that sounded like me, that had the same background as me, that were fucking killing it. And I'm like, Viola Davis, like read her book, like finding me, holy shit. Her story, like I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Like, and I had a crazy story. Her story is a lot. Tony Robbins, you know, there's so many, Oprah Winfrey, she should not be like Oprah Winfrey. And she is. Mm. So I look at these women and these people in my life that I'm like, if they could do it, I could do it. They had it just like me or worse or or similar. It's not about worse, but someone who's had a hard experience, you know, the pay gap. They talk about the pay gap. How many women are making bank? We don't look at our bank account and go, oh, there's a pay gap. That shit's a choice. I don't live in that world. And I can live in that world, be angry at men and male dominated industries and the patriarchy and fight about all my external shit. And I'm like, what can I do? I can look in the mirror and be kind to that beautiful ass queen looking back. That's my best bet is being kind to her because she's the one that's going to kill it. Not me pointing the finger at my external circumstances as to why I can't rise. And believe you me, I have them and we all have them. But that's going to keep you stuck in, like you said, that victimhood that, oh, this happened to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And when people are in that victim mode, like obviously it's awareness and it's being really aware. How do we catch it? Because obviously, and it's a practice, right? This is this yeah. takes years and years totally. and years and years. Like commitment. Like you didn't wake up one morning as the queen of confidence. Like it takes no like you, you fall and you catch yourself. You fall and you catch yourself. It's this constant dance. Yeah. yeah. So what's the first step to the catch of, okay, like how do we identify that we stepped into victim mode? Well, how would you define that as like, what does that feel like? Yeah. And I want to be clear, like, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way when I say victim either, because like I was victimized. If you were sexually assaulted, like that is being victimized. Victimhood is going because that happened to me. I can't do this. And that's not true because there's evidence of people that have no limbs and they're fucking professional speakers and they change the world. So that's the difference. So I think that first of all, you have to have a desire. So if anybody's listening to this and you're like, I've been telling my girlfriend to read this book and she doesn't want to read it. She ain't ready. (laughs) She does not have the desire. <laughs> we be trying to shove the desire down our husband's throat and like, oh, my boyfriend, I want my, they're not going to do it. So like back off because I think we have to have that desire. We need to be aware, like conscious competence, like, oh, I am aware 
that my life is to shit right now. I'm aware that my bank account's not where I want it to be. I am aware that I keep attracting assholes into my life. That was my story. You know, like, right? Amen. Yeah. Who else out there is like in their car going, oh, me too. Damn. You know, like that was my first level of awareness. I was like, okay, three of the same guy in a row. Mm-hmm. Girl, that's yes. no coincidence, right? I have, a, I have a bad saying that's naughty and I'm not going to say, it, but it's like same guy, different situation downstairs. Like it was the same guy. <laughs> it was the same dude, just different body. Like, oh my God, this is the same thing. And, I, and that's a pattern. So for those that are out there that are ready and they know, it's like, you know, you're like, oh my God, this is happening again. Oh, five years. I said I was going to go to the gym and I haven't lost the weight. It's the same pattern. And I think that pattern one day just hits you across the face or you break your back or you lose your husband or you get cancer or your best friend passes away and you're at a funeral going, oh shit, life is precious. Some of us need those moments. I was one of those people. So if you wake up to yourself without that, high five, you're better than me because I needed that push from the universe to really like, you're about to die. Now, do you want to get your shit together? So some of us need that near-death experience drama to wake up. And other people just start to realize that the patterns, they they keep going to the same job and there's the bully. She's still there, different lady, different face. So I think when you realize that, that's the moment where there's not like a tactic. It's just a decision. You have to go look in the mirror and go, the common denominator here in my story is me. You are the common denominator in your life. So yeah, maybe every man has hurt you, but who's been there for every man? You. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like if 50 people tell you, you need to look at that shit. If one or two, who cares? But if this is, continues, so the first step is being honest with yourself and being like, you know what? There's a problem. I'm drinking red wine every night. There's a problem. That's not normal, by the way, right? Like shit. Okay, so honesty with yourself. And then the second one is, the fact that you have awareness, that you can see yourself outside of yourself, that's huge. Human beings are the only ones that can do that, by the way. We can notice ourselves noticing ourselves. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> it's magic, yeah. The like, that you say that, I'm like, well, that is actually such an incredible concept. Right? In itself, you're so right. And like, you can even see yourself in your mind's eye enacting <laughs> situations. Like, yes. That's insane. It is. Like, we're insane. And it's so exciting. It's my psychotherapy love right now. I'm like, oh my God, what? We are like seeing or noticing ourselves. And when you can do that, when you can see the behavior, we're really hard on ourselves as well. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm so hard on myself. And, you know, when you can see yourself snap, when you can see yourself binge or do the thing you don't want to do, stop showing up on Instagram and you're like, shit, I said I was going to do it. And you didn't. Instead of beating yourself up, just notice. So now you see the pattern, you're aware of it, you see the awareness. And with that level of awareness of you just watching it right after you did it, you'll get to get to the point where right before you do it, you'll be like, I'm about to bite my nails. I'm about to have that wine. Should I have that wine? And that's like, man, that pause before that is gold. That should be billions of dollars. Like it is so powerful. We underestimate the awareness. And from that place, that's when we can make a decision. Do I want to try to do this by myself? Do I want to go see a therapist? Do I want to go see a coach? Do I want to join a community? Like I need to get around people that are with this because I feel like I'm the only one. And just like business, personal development is lonely. You're probably the only one in your family or in your home wanting to read Tony Robbins books and listen to podcasts and everyone else is like, what are you NLP? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're studying NLP. You know, like, why why are you one of those cults? Is that that stuff that brainwashes people? Because they watch 60 Minutes, which is a terrible show. Anyway. All TV shows are no. terrible, to be honest. Yes. yes, turn the machine off. So it's like, that. that's where it starts is you really start to notice your life is falling apart. Like, look at your bank account. How are you? Are you happy? Look at your body, your health, 
your relationships, your friendships, your hobbies and interests. I don't have hobbies or interests. Okay, well, that's a zero. Like all the areas of your life, you kind of just scan through it and you go, oh my gosh, that's a big one. I want to look at that. I want to work on that. And if you get honest with yourself, you'll start to see where this has been a pattern for a long time. And then you can choose to do something about it. Yeah. And a a pattern that I see, and you touched on it just before, a pattern that I see is when women... I speak mostly to women because that's mostly who I work with. Yes. I know for you, we love them. It's really similar. We do love them. <laughs> we love you, the girls. We yes. love you guys. But one thing I see, especially because, you know, we focus a lot on business and we really recommend supplementing the business with the self, right? The self work yeah. because yeah. every level of your business is going to demand a new level of you. And as you're mm-hmm. reaching through those new levels, you're going to hit ceilings and yeah. you're going to be confronted with the woman in the mirror you know, at a time. And one thing that we see as women, especially in startup phase, and you'll see it a lot because you have a startup program as well, is that as they go on this, I guess, self-awareness journey, yeah, there is a lot of that shame that comes in immediately. And I hear a lot of the words, and you will hear this too in your programs for sure, I just need to fix it. Mm. You know, I've realized that I'm fucked up here. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I've got to go do this course because I need to fix it. Yeah. I'd love for you to speak on that because obviously I don't believe in broken and fixing. Yes. And I believe, you know, that it's just all part of life's beautiful juiciness and that we just, mm-hmm. we get to bring awareness so we get to change it. But I love your input on this. I guess we're in a phase where people are really doing the work, you know. I think there's probably more psychologists, more counselors being seen now, more life coaches than ever. Like it's beautiful. Like people are really like starting to wake up and and you know, channel this awareness. But there is a whole portion of people who are making it out to be broken. If if you Yeah. Know, yeah. Kind of yeah, I think one of my free masterclasses that I do is like, you're not broken. I'm not here to fix you. And that's, I love that you share that because it's a really important mindset. If you go in, you as the person, I'm broken and I need you external person to fix me. First of all, that's a lot of pressure on someone else. There's a lot of lack of responsibility on your behalf. And I think that even seeing it as it's bad, it's not good. It's, you know, it's so funny. I started school this week and one of the guys was saying, one of the lecturers was like, we're rewarding people for like OCD behavior, for narcissistic behavior, for perfectionism. We're rewarding. Our society literally rewards, gives hearts, likes and shares to that behavior. And so where does a person who doesn't feel beautiful all the time, who doesn't feel like they're excelling, who, you know, is struggling mentally or doesn't feel good enough, where do they go? Because the world is rewarding this productivity 24-7. You got to work, you got to hustle, you got to be on. Even after you have your baby, you got to be back to work straight away. It's like, if we think about this, when someone is in this place of feeling like the patterns that they continue to do and the shit that's coming up for them is affecting their lives, the first thing people want to do, hurry up and fix it so I can go to the next thing. Can we hurry up and do this? Can we be, can we be done with this? Let's go. They, they miss that breaking your arm and being on bed for three months, that's the gift. Mm-hmm. Like you get to stop because your ass be going and you're serving everyone. And now people are coming to your house to look after you. And is that bad that that happened? You got to fix that. Or is that like, oh my gosh, clearly I need to receive right now. Like when I get sick and I'm sure you're the same. When I get sick, I'm like, oh, okay, universe. I was going too fast. And the universe was like, I can see you're tripping. 
And now you're running on this crazy adrenal and I need to sit you down, but you won't listen. So I'm going to knock your ass off your feet, literally, (laughs) and take your voice away, Erica, because my voice went four times this year. Like, hello, that's a sign Mm -hmm. that you need to be quiet and go inward. And we see that as non-productive, weak, that's wrong, where so many women are alpha women, like we're here to take over and change the world, but we're operating with this, what we think is masculine, and it's actually not masculine, it's toxic masculine, because masculine is beautiful. Mm. And we're not stopping. So I think if you're out there, and you're like, I just need to do this course, and I need to do this thing, and I need to ask yourself, what are you truly looking for? A seeker? I'm not a seeker. I am found. I know who I am. I am who I am right now. And tomorrow I'll be who she is. You know what I mean? When you're seeking, that alone is like, I'm not full and I need, I need to seek. It's needy. It's, it's grabbing energy. It's scarcity. It's let me feel, let me feel because something's not full. And it's like, you are full right now. And if you consider that the next thing you do, it will not be that thing, air quotes, that fixes you or heals you because the act of seeking in itself is not enoughness, is scarcity. I'm not saying don't hire coaches and do things, but when you feel genuinely like there's a lack, do the lack Mm. and then work with what you learned. But this whole like jumping from course to course and mentor to mentor, none of them worked. Was it none of the mentors? Was it none of the books? Was it none of the courses? Or is it that you are seeking something that you can't find outside? It's inside of you. Mm, And you need to slow down. Yes, totally. And just listen. It took me a really long time to learn that personally. It took me getting a million dollar business and having all the things and thinking that, you know, this is it, you know, reach the pinnacle of it all. And then sitting on the couch one night with my fiance, who is the best man in the entire universe, and with all of our perfectness that we have going on and still feeling empty. Yeah. And being like, oh, the emptiness was never there it was always here and having to actually do the fucking work then to like figure that out you know that i do because i said the same thing okay 100k months okay i want to make a million dollars a month and my husband just looked at me like you are a psycho we have everything that you wanted that you like i have everything and then and I'm just like, like, stop. And like, it, that's, it's cool. And we can want million dollar months. And girl, I know you do. And I know I do. And let's course. go. And let's like have the impact because that impact will allow us to give back and all the things. Yes. But you don't need it. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't thing. from the right energy. You know, when you know it's like abundance energy and it's great and you're like trusting. It, this was like, how do I do it? How do I make it work? How do, uh, uh, uh. It's like, whoa, there's a lot of rigidness. And when you are rigid, you block the miracles that are coming. If you are fluid and you move and you're not like, this has to happen by this date and this is when I'm going to get married. This is when I'm going to have babies and this is when I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh girl, you don't know. Like, that's hilarious. We think we are planning all these things and it's like, be fluid, like move through. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like the rigidity is blocking our miracles. Absolutely. And it's like, again, coming back to like, when you don't know, it's allowing mm-hmm. possibilities. So it's like not having to have all the fucking answers, not having to have the yes. two month, 12 month, 10 month plan, you know, like you don't need it. Like just be open yeah. to what's going to come because, and yes. even for you and I, our businesses, even though they're at this incredible stage, we've got, you know, seven days, we've got teams. I know you and your husband work together. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like you're changing lives, you're doing retreats, all sorts of like cool shit, right? And you have your podcast and all the things. 
it still doesn't mean that like we're like, oh, cool, we know exactly what the next step is. The next step, we're just always like, I don't know, because nope. the next, <laughs> the last 10 steps didn't make any fucking sense. Like we yep. just said yes to stuff and it happened. We're working this shit out as we go. I always said to my dad, I'm like, don't look at me. I'm I'm working this shit out. I'm in our retreats. And it's a metaphor for our lives. I change my agenda in the retreat every 10 minutes. I'm like, not nah, they're going there. We're going there. So we adjust to what's happening. It's like, George Dispenza talks about all the time, like work out the why, but don't work out the how. Yes. Like, I really want to do this and I want to and be in that energy and I want to be on Oprah's couch and I help millions of women in pink and I want to do like, yeah, you know, like, oh my God, amazing. And then it's like, how does that feel? That feels amazing and I can see it and I can feel it. It's like, awesome. Stay in that vibe. Don't work out the how. It will work itself out. But we're like, well, okay, so how am I going to do that? By when? Blah, blah. When you force it, that's not it. Yeah. And so... I think the jumping and the fixing, like, I know it's hard because I was so impatient, like so impatient, (laughs) so impatient. And I think impatience is tied to a lack of self-belief. You don't believe. So you just, you don't believe. So you're impatient. You want to make it happen. And it's like, just believe, let it go. Do you continue to do your shit and it's going to come, you know? There's a really cool book called Power Vs. Force. And oh my God, obsessed. Oh my God, so obsessed. It is wild. That book has... Like that book vibrates at like a 900. Like just put that book in your bag. Your consciousness is higher than. I just leave like, you know, the little graph that has like all the energy readings. I leave it open on my, it's on my browser right now. Like it's always open because I'm always just checking in like, where's, where's the energy at? Like, where am I at in this moment? You know, Uh, guys, if you haven't read it, you need to go and have a little read if you're listening. It's going to blow your mind, but it's a lot. It's not like, oh dear. Like, it's not like a normal book people read. It's like, you read it like, what the hell? It's not like a girl boss self-development book, guys. (laughs) Not that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very, very quickly. Something that I know that I've got this question written down. It's hilarious because it's actually a foot here. So like I know that so many of my clients will be interested in is your story with Hamish, your husband. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, really, it's just me. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about this. Yes, yes, because yes. You obviously work with him in your business. And I, I do know that in a lot of our programs that I run, a lot of the women, they set the intention. They want to retire their husbands. A lot of their husbands are working FIFO or, you know, just hate their freaking jobs or they're busting their guts because they're, you know, hardcore tradie dudes. And, you know, their bodies aren't going to last forever, yeah. right? Yeah. So... You know, with Hamish, how did you guys, Tim, my partner works in my yeah. business too, but how did that happen for you guys? How did that yeah. work? So I, oh gosh. Okay. So really quickly, I met him. He was my personal trainer and I, <laughs> so cliche. I, know, I was the, I was the really like bad, like douchey client. <laughs> he was I was going to so say the hot Latino girl, but I know, but he was so professional and I'm like, it would have been all sexy, like on the barbells. None of that happened because he was very professional and his dad like taught him good values. And I'm like, boring. So I had to really be pushy. Hit on um, me. It's <laughs> like, come on, let's do some stuff in the gym publicly. Anyway, <laughs> so I was this like gross client and, you know, I didn't know he liked me. And then we got it together. He was like a really dear friend for a while. And then I got broken up with. We got together. Crazy thing is he had gotten broken up with before he met me and he was in Sydney. He was seeing this coach. who was like a clairvoyant coach. And he saw this vision of this Spanish woman with black hair and she was speaking this other language and there were babies and she was pregnant. And then I walk into the gym and he's like, calls his coach. He's like, the lady from my vision just walked in the gym. And the coach was like, there's energy there. And he's like, oh no, she's got a boyfriend, but I just want to let you know that's how she looks. At least I know that that's possible. And she's like, there's energy there. And he's like, whatever. Freaking fast forward, we end up getting married and having babies and I'm Latin and I have black hair and all this stuff. And he's literally like did this whole vision. So he was into spirituality and 
I didn't know what the hell that was. I was like, what are you talking about? So we got together. I was a firecracker, trauma, drinking alcohol all the time, messy, drunk, fighting with people, splashing my vagina at clubs. Like I was a cray cray. Okay. And my husband's like, yin, calm, like spiritual. And I'm just like, so we almost didn't work because he's like, look, like what is going on? And I was just in pain. I had so much trauma that I had buried and I didn't want to deal with it. So I drank it away. Long story short, I met, ended up going to his coach and 12 months later was a completely different human being, like 360, like couldn't have been more different. And he was just like, amazing. And for eight years in our relationship, we worked on our shit. We had mentors, coaches, spiritual, we did all the crazy shit. And then we had couples coaching and we just built ourselves up personally. And I worked in a corporate job. When I had my second son at home, it was a home birth after a crazy cesarean. He was like, I don't know who was birthed in that birth, but you became this like beast of a woman. And I just said to him, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to do my coaching because I had been doing eight years of my own work. And just a quick note, a lot of coaches join programs, life coaches join programs. And in two months, they're like, I love this. I want to help people. And I'm like, boo, <laughs> you've been working on your shit for two months. Like, stop again, that that martyrdom, that wanting to give to everyone. And I'm like, you're barely full. Your cup is barely full. You got a couple drops and you want to go pour onto other people. So if that's you out there, keep doing your journey until you are fully full and then you can pour onto other people. So eight years, I didn't do it, Steph. I didn't do shit for eight years. And then on that mark, when I had my son, I'm like, I want to do this coaching business. And he looked at me like he's brown. He's Sri Lankan. He turned white when I told him I wanted to do this because we had no money. We had bought a new car, second baby, all of our savings, we bought furniture for this rental. We just did stupid shit. And then we were 150K in debt because of all the personal development. And I would do that shit again tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. And he's just like, um, he had a gym at the time and the gym is dead because it's Christmas. People are doing all the bad things to their bodies. They're not caring about working out. <laughs> and I'm like, we have coins and we're looking for coins because my kids eat Baker Delight bread. We don't be going to Kohl's and no offense if that's you, boo. But I'm like, hell no, we got to eat the good bread, $5 bread. And we were looking for coins. And I'm like, what the fuck? We're 33, 34 years old, 35 years old. This is our lives. Like, what, did we, what have we done? We knew, air quotes, all the Tony Robbins. We knew all the NLP, but we weren't seeing the physical result. And I just said, I'm done. I'm doing this. And he was like, cool. Uh, I said, you have no choice. I'm actually, I had to hold my ground and say, I love you. I don't need you to be on my team. I'm going to do this. Just trust me. And he could see in my eyes and he trusted me. So you have to have trust with your partner. And I also wasn't forcing him on my team. Women, does he want you to retire him or do you want him to be in your business? Does he want that? Like that's that masculine. Again, we're trying to demasculate our men and be like, I want you to work in my business. What does he want? Mm -hmm. So I spoke to Hamish. I said, I'm going to do me. He's like, whatever, we'll see. And then he started seeing that I would just on an Instagram swipe up back in the day and swipe up, sell out a retreat that we'd never ran before. And he's like seeing the money come in and he's like, okay, all right, I'm on your team now. And when he was on my team, we decided what's going to happen. You know, you're going to bring this. I'm going to bring this. Uh, we got into a lot of arguments about money. So it needs to be said. We haven't talked about this before, but he was making it mean that he wasn't a man. He was making it mean that he wasn't bringing in the money. He was making it mean that. And I was just an American hustler. I was like, yo, I don't care who brings it in. Like if the cockroaches in the corner want to get a job, I don't give a fuck. Like we need money. We'll take it. We'll take you know it. I'm like, yo, somebody wants to drop off food. Like we don't care. But he had that thing which he learned as a man, men with money is if I don't provide, 
I am not a man. I'm useless. Women with money, if I make money, I'm a bad mom. If I make money, I'm a bad woman and I'm not doing my womanly duties. We have totally different money beliefs and money issues. And so we had to get on the same page and I didn't need him on my page. And so he was not on my page for a while. We still had sex and had a beautiful marriage. But he just didn't, I didn't go to him for my business questions. I didn't ask him. I still don't go to him to price my programs because money wise, I am much more like, I believe we could do whatever. And he's there, but he's not where I am and he doesn't need to be. So we decided like, we're going to do this. He was doing his personal training. He loves spirituality. He went and got initiated into shamanism and breath work and meditation. And at our live events, women would get up and share about their husbands. And one day he just grabbed the mic and he was like, listen, Courtney, let me tell you, men don't have a landscape for emotions. And he just started sharing about men. And all these men started going, Hamish, do you do sessions? And he fell into coaching men, doing a men's podcast and that work together. And then we did a retreat in Bali and I just put him on the spot and I was like, he does shamanism and he's spiritual and he's going to do all this shit. And he was just like, fuck, I have to do it. And he did it. And then he was like, thank you. So there's trust, there's pushing, there's compromising, there's inviting, there's communication because I'm a super communicator and he was not. There's patience, there's waving the white flag. Uh, we have a saying in the sisterhood that's like, be Gandhi. Like you need to be Gandhi. And it's like, why do I got to be Gandhi? Because you are. If you're listening to this podcast, you are Gandhi. Okay, spoiler alert. You got to wave the white flag. It's not him. It's you. And so we do this and we share and we show how it works. And then we bend and we move and we become fluid together. And now he's in the business doing like the whole spiritual mindfulness, mental, you know, the, the breath work side. And then I do really the heady, feminine, coachy therapy side. And we can intermix. I can't do the magic stuff that he does, but we intermix and it works really well. Our kids are in our business. We teach them about rituals and ceremonies and we're both obsessed, but we're both in the work. He has a therapist. I have a therapist. He sees a healer. I see a healer. Nobody's doing it more than the other. We're on the same page. And that stuff, I feel like a lot of people in relationship don't have. They have partners who are not doing the work, zero work. And they're doing the work. And I'm sorry, unless they get on the same page, the number one reason people divorce in Australia is a change of values. It's not money. Money's like number three. Change of values means you grew and he didn't. You can't stay in that marriage. So that's really, really important that you're on the same page and you're both growing and doing something and you're not shoving. The, oh, you should read this. You should listen to Steph's podcast with Erica. Like he's not going to listen to that shit. Yeah, he needs to want to. Yeah, and he needs to find his stuff. And I think that that's just like, thank you so much for sharing that story. Cause I think it's a really, um, it's so funny. We have the exact same story, um, but <laughs> really? yeah, exactly the same, exactly the same. Oh I, like, I was getting drunk and you know, all the things like even the showing of oh the god. vagina, the whole oh thing. My god. Girl, we are sisters from another mistress. Yes. But, Melbourne vaginas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then, and yeah, and, and Tim was the one that, that was like, why though? Why, why are you behaving like this though? Right. Wow. Um, and, you know, at, at first I was defensive, but then you start to, okay, well, acknowledge, okay, well, but like, but why do I act like that? Right. So mm-hmm. really similar. And even, you know, in regards to having the partner in the business, I think a lot of women think they, they romanticize this idea of having their husbands work with them. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful it can be beautiful yeah it gets to be amazing but 
only if you both do the work. And I'm not talking about the strategy and the execution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's the self-work that yep. needs to be done. Like, and 100%. you have to both be doing self-development. Like Tim and I both see life coaches. Tim and I both have different business coaches. Tim and I, like, you know, we're, we're both up-leveling in different courses and like, all of the things because you you have to, you know, mm. like you have to want to do that work. So yep. Yep. if you're listening and you're thinking like, yeah, I really want to retire my husband, just be like, mega aware as well. Like you might want to retire him and, and him not work in your business. Even still, that's going to challenge probably his masculine paradigms of oh, like, they tell you it won't. <laughs> yes. And then it does. (laughs) Yeah. They just aren't aware. I know. There's a great book, um, Brene Brown's Men, Women, and Worthiness. Mm -hmm. And it's on Audible. Unfortunately, it's not a real like book book, but it's Audible. Men, Women, and Worthiness. Oh my goodness. It is such an eye opener for men and for women to listen to because we do have these societal roles of you're going to cook, you're going to clean, you're going to do this. And then, and then you want to be a boss bitch. And then it's like, oh, hold on. And if you do have children, it's another thing in the mix. Like, who does that follow? So I think if that's you out there, have a, a serious conversation. Like, this is what I'd love. What would you love? This is what it could look like. What do you think it could look like? Like expectation, intention, discussion. Uh, we have family meetings and we have business meetings. So I meet with my husband twice a week. Like we are so communicationed up that there is no mistake of things going down. And I think you as well, when you are working with each other, the communication has to be next level and, and you can't force that. They have to want that. Some people want to work. They don't want to have their own business. They don't want to talk about that shit at the dinner table. That's all we talk about. Yeah, same. <laughs> Great. We're like, let's have, let's go for a walk and we can just talk about everything like let's all the time. Zero. Yeah. And that's the truth. Like you have to both like that a personality, like my personal trainer works with his partner and he's like, I love working with her, but there's certain times in the day where I'm like, I'm done. And my husband's a cancer. So he's like the shell. He needs to go back into his shell. So I make sure that he has his like, I'm like, you're hard work. So it's 10 a.m. You've had a coffee. Is it 11? Is 11 too late? Or is that close to lunch? Or is this 10 a.m.'s okay? Okay, can we have a meeting now? Where like I'm like, like each other as know? well. Yeah. yeah, where I'm like, you're so hard, hard work, man. I have to romance you. Like all these things. For me, it's like 24-7. I could talk in my sleep about this shit like you, you know? And yeah. with him, it's like, I have to respect his boundary. And he needs to like zone out and and scroll or go for a walk or whatever. So not every relationship is going to be able to work together, live together, have babies together, have sex together, like live life and work. But if you can and they want to, oh my God, it's amazing. It's like a vacation every day. The best. Erica, (laughs) you are so phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing all this. I could talk to you literally forever, um, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about like what's coming up for you right now in terms of like being able to work with you and how our audience can find more about you? Yes. Okay. So I have the book, Confidence Feels Like Shit, which is the best thing. If you like podcasts as an audiobook or just a physical book, it's really pretty. It's got quotes and it's color. And then I have a free five steps to creating confidence. So we kind of touched on it on the podcast a bit. So if anybody here wants to learn, what are the five things? How do I get into this practice? How do I create confidence? Steps one through five, it literally will take you through no matter where you are, whether you're like super confident or you're in self-doubt town, you can go through this checklist and just go to the next step. So we'll make sure to add that to the show notes. And then sisterhood. So sisterhood is my year-long coaching program for women who want to heal their past really step into their life. It's life coaching. It's group because I fully believe in the healing power of community. 
like, you're not crazy. We're all crazy, girl. And we cry together. We have live events and we have online things. And so the sisterhood is opening this month in September. So that's a place you can check out as well. But I'm on the gram with Steph. Please tag us if you love this episode. Yeah, guys, take a screenshot. Tag us both. We would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was, guys. Erica, thank you again, my love. You are amazing. I love you, Steph. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are the bomb. Babe, thank you for tuning into today's episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with me. If you want more, head to the show notes below to check out our latest free resources, along with the exclusive link for podcast listeners to book in a free 15-minute strategy session to find out how you can boom your biz. Listener.